Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars, and thank you so much for joining us on today's special episode. I know you guys are wondering what's going on. I know I'm formerly Marlon Beardo, the bearded weirdo, but had a little incident in the barbershop, so I'm just going to go by Bro Rogan right now. But with me, <laughs> some of my favorite guests, we always have the best, most illustrious guests, and these are some of my original guests back when I was just a, a small little tiny podcaster, and now I'm a medium tiny little podcaster, but I tell you what, <laughs> these guys are some of my all-time favorite with me. Kevin Cup, Bob France, and with their powers combined, they are the word bros. And they are here today. We're going to cut the shit. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about uh, uh, their new work coming out. We're going to talk about some of their passwords coming out. But gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and give the floor to you. If you guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, give everybody your social media details. I'm Kevin Cuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, which I'm most likely to respond at Kevin underscore Cuff. And my name is Bob France. Um, you can find me on Twitter at B France, F R A N T Z 19. Uh, my Instagram is exactly the same. Smart. Oh, yeah, I'm one of the that. I'm one of the smart ones. I hate when I look for somebody on Instagram and their their tag is like 1748 hip dude, and it's like, no man, just give me a name and a number or just your name. Like, just make it simple. Just I'm one of those simple. people you guys hate on Instagram because mine is at the right cuff. But oh, at least it's got. But right at least your at, at least your last name is in there though. Like yes. it's weird when people have like just odd Instagram things that make them hard to find. I, I just not a fan. Just keep, especially if you're a professional man, just keep that shit. Keep it I, tight. I should have. I should have. No, you're like you said, like a Bob said, at least your name is in it. It makes sense. It's never good when someone's like, Yeah, I'm a singer, but my Twitter handle is Scratch It Butt 23. Yeah. It's time to start a new Twitter handle with that singer name, friend. The Let's Twitters see. are free. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can make as many as you want. You sir, look at look at your boy uh in Brooklyn, you man. Uh a KD. He's got like 60 of them, so people say nice things about him online. Absolutely, and half of those people saying nice things about him are him. Just yes, that's right. Count. <laughs> yeah. Evan make... Durant sure has the best haircut in the NBA. Sin. Make them burner accounts, baby. <laughs> exactly. I, I think I was catfished by Kevin Durant for saying the Lakers are going to beat the Nets in the finals. <laughs> got a very angry uh, tweet from someone that had started their account the same day. I was like, Kevin Durant, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> but everybody hates on KD. That's I mean that's what I, I think that's what he exists for. He exists for your hatred. I I think he's a, a phenomenal basketball player. I just I, I never understood how someone can have so much and be so petty. It's almost admirable to be like, wow, you got three hundred million dollars in the bank, but you have time to pick on this sixteen-year-old who yeah. makes your jumper suck. So that's, yeah, it's that's... it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, he he's what Twitter trolls aspire to be. Well, he is the Emperor Palpatine of basketball. Like, yes, yes, more hatred. <laughs> it's like, it's more powerful. Me. <laughs> I think I saw his eyes turn yellow one game, so I definitely think he's the Lord of the Sith. Absolutely. So, guys, I always have a blast talking about uh, just everything. And uh, it's been, been about a year, maybe, since the last time we spoke. How has yeah. life been treating you? Metal Sharp, bro. Back then was just in its infant stages, but now it's out there. How's everything been treating you this last year? 
Um, I can't complain too much, man. We've managed to stay healthy and safe during the pandemic, which is cool. Um, my wife and I are both fully vaccinated now, which is awesome. Um, I feel bad saying that it, the pandemic wasn't too terrible for us because I know it was for a lot of people, but I guess you kind of count your blessings and be happy with what you have. But yeah, my wife has been able to work from home for the past year. She's here today. My son is off school because he's standing right there. I don't think they can see you in the camera, Bobby. You have the top of his head. Yeah, the top of your head. There's my son right there. Hi. How you doing, brother? How's life treating you? How's life? I understand. That's what I say every day. <laughs> How's life treating you? Are you doing okay? You having a good day today? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, he's fine. Awesome shirt, brother. That's a classic. He said that he likes your shirt. Thanks. Thanks. You're more you than welcome. You're more than welcome. Did he, he asked if you saw the movie. Did you see Jaws? Yeah, I'm sure, of course, he's seen Jaws. Everybody's yeah, seen Jaws. Yeah, I'm 40. Movie. I definitely <laughs> saw Jaws probably before. Have you seen the one with Luke Gossip Jr.? No, I don't think you have. But yes, yes. That's, what, that's Jaws 3, right? That's Jaws 3. Damn yeah, right. Man, here you go. Let me let me, let me me do this, and I'll, I'll hang out with you in a stretch, okay? Go, go say hey to Meemaw. Hey, close the door for me, bud. Kevin, how's the pandemic been treating you? I mean, it's about the same. I, I feel bad saying that it, it wasn't too terrible for, for me. Uh, the, the only thing, you know, I vaccinated. We're, we're all vaccinated here. Uh, my girlfriend and I and uh, the kids, are, we're all vaccinated. So, I mean, everything's been pretty good. We, we've we've managed to keep out cranking out material. So, like, that that's the important part for us as comic book creators, you know. Indeed. So. And I think all content creators, this has been a nice recharge for all of us. Same thing. I've been able to work from home. I'm fully vaccinated. Still uncomfortable going without masks, though. It's, it's, it's become such a staple in my life. The other day, I had a little uh, first get-together with family now that we're all vaccinated. And we had a little cookout. And uh, I come in, and I had the mask. And they're like, you were in the car by yourself. <laughs> Why did you have a mask on? I'm like, you never know. There might be you know, an old cough from 2017 somewhere in there so <laughs> I, I, um, i've decided i'm never taking the mask off like, I'm, I'm, never just, taking, I'm not gonna do it well i always tell people as a member of the slightly ugly club <laughs> this is your time to shine like yeah. rock the mask I, i'm all for it i'm trying to get a captain america mask you know batman mask a red hood mask a metal shark bro bat i want all the masks and, and I'll just rock like that for uh, the remainder. Uh, so as I mentioned, the last time we talked, it was season two, episode four. Now we're season three, I think episode 12 or something like that. And I, in my humble opinion, I think Metal Shark Bro was one of the most creative and hilarious comic books I read in the last 10 years. And I'm not blowing smoke. Up Whoa, thank you so much. That's very kind. And I, I've been a comic fan since I was able to read at uh, 22. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I did that. It was a little hanging fruit. But uh, so uh, you guys did Metal Shark Bro. You did Ninja Nuns, which was awesome. Tell little people, tell the, the little people, uh, no offense to the little people out there, tell the people a, a little bit about those two uh, projects that you guys released. Well, you're leaving one very important part out of that, Mars, and that's Metal Shark Pro 2, which, which flew under the radar during the pandemic. 
lot of stuff flew after the pandemic. Tell us about Metal Sharp Bro 2, because I didn't even know there's a Metal Sharp Bro 2, and I do my research. So now I am embarrassed, but also stoked because I have more <laughs> Metal Sharp Bro to read. Absolutely. Tell us about Metal Sharp Bro 2. Well, first off, don't be embarrassed, because everybody think I think miss out on that. What do you think, Bob? I wouldn't say everybody. Um... But yeah, the pandemic kind of flew into the face of a release of the book, so it was a little bit difficult. You can pick the book up right now on our website, go to wordbros.com, and there's a little section that says, you know, shop, and right at the top, thewordbros.com says buy our books. You can click there and buy a copy of uh, uh, Metal Shark Bro Volume 2, or you can just wait for the Kickstarter for Dust Pirates to come out, and you can get it there too. But yeah, it just kind of happened, man. Like, you know, uh, I mean, Metal, uh, Metal Shark Bro Volume 2 is, uh, there is another I guess creature of uh, uh, Beelzebra's design named Hamzig who is mad that Metal Shark Bro killed his father quote unquote so he goes seeking revenge for Metal Shark Bro the only thing is Metal Shark Bro has decided he wanted to be a shark at the end of volume one spoilers so Satan makes him a shark and he swims away through the ocean so he hatches up a plan to try to bring Metal Shark Bro out of the water if you will and he does that by uh, kidnapping Ira so it starts off with Ira gets kidnapped and then you just kind of go from there man we, we tell a lot of a lot of payoff jokes in the first there's some jokes in the first book that land in the second book which i don't know if that's how jokes normally work but we kind of just we slowly build they our should. universe yeah, well, we're building our, yeah we're building our universe so um so yeah like the throwaway things of like black jesus and dinosaurs black jesus is in metal shark bro volume two uh there's dinosaurs in volume two hanging out with black Je- like it's just a fun book like we just have a lot of fun with it we pay off some of the uh, things for us so it's just a good time man and Ira, and I told you guys last time, Ira is one of my favorite characters. Him and Hamzig are are two of my favorite characters in that book. And we'll put the links for everybody. If you haven't read it, you're doing yourself a disservice because, once again, it's one of the most creative. The jokes do pay off. They're actually funny. And it's rare that I laugh out loud while reading something. Uh, but I really, I really, really enjoyed uh, the Metal Shark Bro comic and the whole, it's very cinematic. I think that's the best way to describe it. I can see everywhere you're going with this, but there's a lot of surprises at the same time. And so it's it's super dope. It's super dope. Uh, now I understand you guys have an action figure coming out for uh, Metal Shark Bro. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Uh, we just don't know when. So you'd have to follow Tracker Collectibles on Instagram for updates on that because I think that is more to do with um, Scout, uh, who publishes Metal Shark Bro, than it does with us directly. Um, but they they asked us if we thought it would be cool, and of course, you know, what comic creator doesn't want an action figure? Absolutely, absolutely, or just anybody. I would take it. I've always said I want an action figure and theme music wherever I go. If, <laughs> if, if we can make that accomplish, be it a, be it a pro wrestling fan, that that's kind of what I want to do. At this point, though, I imagine it's going to be pretty easy. Just put your phone in your pocket, go to Amazon Music, play your theme song, and just walk around, and it'll just kind of blare out from there, right? Like, (laughs) it's a very doable goal at this point. And if you're not doing it, it's on you, man. you got to do that yourself. That's a good good point. And and I think now with, like, portable speakers, if I could just Bluetooth portable speakers everywhere I go and just yeah. have the stone cold glass break as soon as I come into a room. Yeah. Is that, would that be awesome. your theme? You would have the stone cold theme be yours? 
No, I, I actually went. What, when what I would your theme be? And, and it's embarrassing, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. When I got yeah. married, I actually walked down to the aisle because uh, my ex-wife decided that it would be okay to give a man-child theme music to a wedding. So I came down to Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. Uh, <laughs> and, and may or may not have given her grandmother a lap dance in, in front of, you know, family and friends. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, I definitely probably would have HBK. How about you guys? What's your theme music? Before we go on, the HBK song is... <laughs> probably one of the top five songs in all of WWE history. I thought that was your favorite one, man. I it's it's definitely in my top five. Like <laughs> Stone Cold's is probably the most memorable. Um, but HBK, because even when he was like a born again Christian and like when he was doing his big grandiose WrestleMania intro, uh, coming down wearing all white fighting The Undertaker, he does all this and then sexy voice starts. <laughs> like it's such a, it's such a weird <laughs> juxtaposition of, of the man and the, this song. I love it. He had like crucifixes all down yeah. his wrestling tights. Shot, shot. Yeah, I think I'm cute. Out. You know I'm sexy. I'm gonna dance all over your face. Yeah, like, um, but yeah. Boy toy. I think um, HBK is definitely in the top five. I might get a little heat for this one, but I love the X Pac theme. I love it. Like, I thought that was Zach Della Rocha for thirty years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds so much like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. When I found out that was not Zach, I was simply just heartbroken. But... I just, <laughs> I love the the X Pac. You hear the scream, and the second dude goes X Pac. Like I just love that part of it. Like it's just so <laughs> stupid and awesome. Like I love the X Pac theme. It's great. Oh man, I miss uh, the Jim. What was Jim Johnson? Jim Johnstone, I think his yeah. name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the things are so great now. Everything's so generic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin, how about you? What's your theme music? Um, man, like my favorite wrestling theme music, or what I would use for for wrestling theme music. That's Generally, a one and the same, but yeah, either one. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, I would say uh, I like the old um, AEW Best Friends theme music, not the new one, but the old one where it's like bum 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 best friends <laughs> like that was that was always awesome i was always like this is awesome theme music um I love aw but their theme music it, it it varies you know like you get some good ones you get some, like it, 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 it your mileage may vary on the aw theme music because some wrestlers have really good ones that fit them and then some of them don't so it's like oh you know like kenny omega's entrance is awesome and it was even better when it was like when it was bigger and the girls would come out and hold the brooms over and like i thought i was like oh this is amazing um and and um cody's got a good one so it's like it just depends on on who who you i, I don't even like cody like that as a wrestler but like his theme music's not bad when you when you listen to it and, and it's very dramatic and it feel it, it sets the mood right when he's getting ready to come out because it's like all dark and then it's a shadow of Cody Rhodes and then the music starts playing. So like that's that's what you want when you're when you're a wrestling fan. You know? You want all that, that mood to be set for you ready to get in that ring. That drama. So speaking of pro wrestling on your Word Bros podcast, last episode I listened to you guys had wrestling uh icon Al Snow on oh, the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, last episode. How was that? How how was that uh talking to Al Snow? 
It was cool, man. He's like a professor of wrestling. Like he was just laying it out for us. And we were talking about psychology and and the art and the business of wrestling. And there's a point where I, I don't know if you listen to JR's podcast. I um, do, yeah. Or if you read any of the stuff about JR, but there are moments about wrestling where I turn into JR where I'm like, well, I don't understand these kids doing all this flippy stuff. And like, what happened to the old psychology? I don't get as bad as that, but I will... I will be I will get frustrated with certain performers because of the lack of psychology. I don't know if you watched um uh the last AEW pay-per-view uh, Double or Nothing? Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, so this is the prime example of it. I hate it so much. Like Eddie Kingston who is a wonderful worker, right. Who is a great talker. He's got he's like an old talker from back in like our day with Dusty Rhodes and all those guys. Oh yeah. He's visibly selling a hurt leg, like visibly like limping and, and laying on the ground and punching himself in the knee and saying, uh, and like, you can see that he is working that leg. My leg is hurt. The Young Bucks, who I hate, by the way, I hate the Young Bucks so, so much, spend no time whatsoever attacking his leg. He's visibly limping, but they just got to get all their spots in. Like, we're going to do all the double kicks and the flippy flips and the this, that, and the other thing. You've got a dude laying on the mat, punching himself in the leg, saying, like, look, work on my knee. What would Harley Race do in that situation? What would Ric Flair do in that situation? Ric Flair. Yeah. Old match would have been the knee. Absolutely. Exactly. And the Young Bucks just pay no attention. It's the small details of wrestling that just drive, they drive me nuts. Like, you don't have to do a hurricanrata. Kick him in the leg, bro. Put his, put, put his leg on the bottom rope and then jump up and then sit on his knee. That's, that's effective. That's quality psychology, man. And I, and again, I don't want to sound like a crazy person because I know I am and I know I do but that's one of the things that bugs me about about uh some of the stuff now I, and I and I gotta say I go on record I hate the young bucks so so much I hate them. Matt and Nick you hear that Bob France wants a match him and Kevin tag team match AW yeah. double or nothing next year I'll be the special referee let's yeah. make it happen let's do it I would kick you in the leg and then I would force you to pretend like your leg was injured and I would just work on your knee I'd lay your leg down flat on the ground and then jump in the air and pretend like I landed my knees into your leg remember that one <laughs> that's, that's... It, it's giving me old school in the Nintendo 64, No Mercy vibe. Yeah. yeah. You could really just crank on somebody. I I agree, though. But I think they embrace the spot monkey uh, gimmick. I think that's their thing. Yeah, but but the thing is, like, when Eddie Kingston is visibly giving this to you, and then later on in the match, you put... John Moxley in the sharpshooter. It's like, what are you doing? Like, where's your it's brain? The wrong, it's the wrong guy. It's the wrong, wrong guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. My leg like, hasn't been touched. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, I Oh, God, I could talk about pro wrestling all day. I, so, I mean, so could we. And, and, and that was one good thing about having Al on because he was like the Yoda of pro wrestling. Like he was talking about what Bob just talked about and what, what you were saying that you see in pro wrestling now. And, and he was talking about the psychology that wrestlers have today. And, and one of the things he said that really stuck with us is like wrestlers aren't wrestling for the audience anymore. They're wrestling for other wrestlers. And, uh, and, and there's some wrestlers that are wrestling for the crowd. So like those are the wrestlers that are really going over. And that's what he was talking about. Like Orange Cassidy, for example, the reason why he goes over so hard is because he's not wrestling for the guys in the back. He's wrestling for the people in, in the audience. So that's the reason why he's he's going over so hard. And what a great seller he is. Like he's yes. a, he sells so well. And I was telling Kevin this the other day. Orange Cassidy wouldn't work if he wasn't a great worker. Right. 
Like right. if he was a terrible wrestler, the whole the whole gimmick would stink. But if the it was fact great Kali doing that, we might have a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he's a, a good worker and he's a good seller and like he gets beat up really well, like it, it, it all feeds into it. That's what makes him pretty fantastic. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know, man. The more the more I watch wrestling, the more I I understand the the kind of Jim Ross al snow view of like there's not a lot of psychology involved anymore um i think jim Cornette takes it entirely too far because i think i think wrestling can be a bit of everything i think you can have all these different things because that's what it is like you got your comedy spots you got your your fighting you know your more realistic kind of stiff matches you can work it all natural guys like the fiend yeah you know and i think you know too much of you know i don't know Whatever, that's why I like. That's why I watch New Japan. I feel like New Japan does a good job with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's because they're actually hurt because they're they're strong. Yes. So it's easy to sell when you actually have a hole in your chest yes. for someone slapping the the blood out of your your nipples. But man, it's fun certainly to watch. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's much easier to sell than uh, you know leg slaps and everything. Uh, so we have a new book that you guys are working on that I'm really really excited to talk about, and I, I was honored to get a preview of what you guys have in store for us. And it's called The Dust Pirates. Tell me a little bit about the concept, how you guys came in, because once again, very cinematic. And I I don't know if it's connected to, I know Ninja Nuns and Metal Sharp Bro are connected. I don't know if you're doing a little cinematic universe and this is connected, but I certainly, certainly feel that it's cinematic in scope and a very original original idea tell us a little bit about how that was a birth the the dust pirates idea did you want to go or you want me to go you can go kevin all right um we started dust pirates before metal shark bro funny enough so we started working with tony uh, gregory who's the artist on that um he had come on the podcast to talk about something he was doing with uh vault comics at the time called deuce of hearts and um after the show was over we usually talked to the guests for a little bit and we were talking and um he was talking about something he's like man i'd really like to see something that that was like the shape of water but like these other things and this and this so he had mentioned all this other stuff and i was like well we could pitch you something if you want he's like yeah sure so we started bob and i started coming up with this idea of um what if atlantis is not what the pirates think atlantis is what if atlantis is uh kind of ecologically um damaged like it it's it's got to a point of where everything that was once water is now dust or sand and it's because of all these wars that they've been having in Atlantis and um, these two guys who are human get get pulled into Atlantis which is now uh, in its own like pocket dimension and um, and it's, and what if we mix that kind of vibe with like the, the sci-fi fantasy vibe with like a, an old pulp vibe like you get from like a Indiana Jones or a um, or like a Star Wars and and make our own kind of pulp thing, but make it more like woke. So we were like, we want like these characters to be more like perceptive of, of the tropes that were in pulp and, and avoid those typical tropes, like the lady, the damsel in distress. We wanted to avoid that and we wanted to avoid certain things. So we came up with this and started working on it and um, tried to pitch it around and um, with, without a whole lot of success and so then we ended up here where we are now where we're basically 
go into Kickstarter again saying, hey, we have this really cool, weird pulp idea that we think that people would like. So let's let's try and get people behind the book. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, um, Kevin and I are both really big fans of Waterworld. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the motion picture Waterworld. Kevin Costner, 1995. Uh, no, it's late, it was late. I think, was it later than 95? No, 95 or 97. Let me look. Waterworld was... Might have been you're right, you're 95. Wow, 95. wow, look at this I, guy. I, it, it, I, it, wow. I rem- and by the way, uh, no, I'm not familiar with it. No, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... Uh, I thought it was an incredible movie. I love Dennis Hopper. So, yeah, uh, that's what I said. Yeah. It's so goofy. It's it's so goofy and fun. Like you can't not like Waterworld. I'm sure the studio, because I think at the time it was the most expensive movie ever yeah. made. Yeah. And I think and, it, and made, it bombed. Yeah. yeah, it made 17 Canadian dollars, I believe. But. <laughs> it's a great, but it's great. It's got a, it's got that cult vibe to it. Kevin Costner's awesome. Kevin and I were just kind of, we like to play with genres. You know, we like to kind of twist things around and make things different. So it's like, okay, what do you expect when you see pirates? What if we put them in a different place? We put them in Atlantis, but what if Atlantis is dry? Like it's, it's been dried up. Why is it dry? Because they abused their natural resources and, and now they're kind of stuck with like rationing water amongst their, amongst their population. Well, who controls this water? Oh, the rich and the powerful. So, so who wants the water? The people who are being oppressed, they want their water back. So they, they, this, these two pirates are brought to dry Atlantis to help them with this revolution. So it's kind of, it's got a cool vibe to it. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's supposed to be cinematic because when you when you th- like the scope of it we wanted it to to appear big like kind of like you know how when you watch a western you get a lot of landscape shots and you get a lot of the so we wanted to kind of bring those things into the film so you could get the kind of scope of the world if that makes sense and i think tony was able tony's so talented and such a great dude um he so he was able to accomplish that and we just kind of played with the you know, we tweaked a thing here. We kind of poked a thing here, and kind of came up with this this cool exotic setting. And I think it works really well. We, it's kind of like a buddy cop film too, because the two main characters, um, Sam and Quintor, they have good rapportee amongst themselves, and it's just it's just a good time. Like we're just trying to just trying to make books that are fun. There is a little bit of a it's subtle, but it's it's there. There is a bit of like as Kevin said, wokeness to it. Um, but it's it's subtle, but you know it's just something you know that we wanted to kind of tackle in, in our own way, and I think we have a good time with it. So it's cool. We're we're doing eighty pages for the Kickstarters. That's kind of cool, kind of like in that because I love that pulp style, the Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. That like here's one story, here it is, done. You're good. Um, so we were kind of going that route about it because we also figured if we're gonna kickstart it maybe it'll be easier to attain our goal because as opposed to 120 pages, it's only 80. So that's less stuff that we have to produce on our own. So we figured, why not try it out? You know, see what happens. And if it works, then we'll probably do a lot of books on Kickstarter this way because it's super fucking fun. It it is fun. And there there was a line I was reading and I believe it was Quatar saying that he's uh, always mistaken for Black Sam. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that line sounds here they go again. They are mastering uh, it's woke, but it's not hit you in the face. It's not like James Cameron, like unatanium and and they're gonna destroy all of the forests and, and everything. It's woke without just beating you over the head, and it's still entertaining. 
because well, I look uh, at because I, I I don't want to cut you off, Sean, but like I'm a big fan of like Star Trek from back in the day, same and, and, and Twilight Zone, <laughs> and like uh, Gene Roddenberry and Gene Kuhn and these guys, they were really good at kind of working in social commentary without beating you over the head with it. Uh, there, yeah. There's a, there's subtleties that are involved. So like when we were writing the script, I was watching a lot of Twilight Zone. I was I mean I'm always watching Star Trek, so that's just easy to do. But the idea of kind of presenting a message in your work without being overbearing is always appealing to me so that's kind of what we were going for with something like that as well so it worked and I, i'm a huge start start have you been watching you guys been watching Picard's uh series i did not i got through three episodes and i was annoyed at the pacing it took too long to put the team together it gets like, better it i gets... mean it has to it has to because it was <laughs> not good like it just wasn't <laughs> enjoyable for me and it pains me to say that you know yeah it gets better it, it definitely gets better i'm more of a uh well actually my my favorite captain is captain from deep space nine uh captain cisco can't beat cisco yeah that's that's my favorite how we haven't had another spinoff with him it's beyond me i was just telling somebody the other day on twitter deep space nine is peak star trek like it doesn't get better than that like that's the watershed mark of star trek because they were still doing like your fun alien of the day episode the little this that and the other thing but then they still had the the courage in 94 to do sweeping arcs of five episodes because episodic television of that nature wasn't a thing in 94 like it just wasn't like people didn't tell stories that way it was alien of the week guest star of the week okay we're done with it but the fact that like deep space nine started doing like here's a four episode arc here's a six episode arc man we're gonna do 10 episodes and it's 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 crazy but they were able to pull it off and it's beautifully done it's a great show man it's it's great indeed we we definitely need to get something going because i want more captain cisco i want more deep space nine yeah immediately i i, I don't know how old avery brooks is now but he's old yeah because <laughs> i'm thinking if, if picard is about 80 now in, in real life Avery Brooks, he used to be on a, a man called, what was it, Spencer and a yeah, man Spencer called... Spencer for Hire, oh, yes, dude, yeah. Yes, yeah, it was Hawk. He was a man called I just Hawk. just a flashback of the terrible Mark <laughs> Wahlberg version. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink after that. that Avery <laughs> Brooks, Avery Brooks is 72. Okay, so we might not. But you know what? He's, he's also kind of like Samuel Jackson and Morgan Freeman, where like old black guys don't really age. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would like to see like Jake. Like maybe Jake is looking for his father who hasn't come back yet. Uh, we do a Star Trek podcast, uh, Dork Trek, that we've been doing for God eleven years, and we we started with TNG. Like we we watched and reviewed every episode of TNG. We did all of TNG. We did all of Deep Space Nine, and now unfortunately we're in, on Voyager, and Voyager just ain't good. But we're gonna power through. Like we're gonna make it through Voyager. <laughs> But um, but we've always talked about. I would love to see a a series, a limited series of uh, Kira Norris as a revolutionary on Bajor against the Cardassians. I'd watch that all day. Like like a Shea Guevara kind of running around, blowing stuff up, killing Cardassians. That would be awesome. It is so many places you can go. I actually feel Star Trek has, and I, I know my Star Wars fans are gonna just murder me here, but hear me out i feel you can go a lot more places for star trek than you can get star star wars star wars is very and i love star wars but it's just very the light side of the force the dark side of the force and that's 
where it's where it's stuck. But I mean, you could do a federation team. Like I uh, always thought it would be awesome if you had like a team for the federation, but a black ops team. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing things where you, you know, the federation doesn't really uh, support or endorse, but they're behind the scenes getting Romulan information or or spying on clean. I think it would be awesome. Section thirty one, dude. Yeah, they talked. They talked about doing a section thirty one show, but I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. That's what we need. That's what we need. Now, now Kevin, you're you're also a, a Star Trek fanatic. I, I, I no, not not as much as Bob. I, I will no watch one as much as Bob. I, I've seen many costumes that Bob owns. I'm I only own one. I only own one. It's the TNG uniform. It's a Halloween costume. I got it for I got it for uh, some purpose. I don't even remember. I don't. I don't, I don't dislike it, but uh, I'm not nearly. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. Um, I'll watch it if it's on. It's one of those things for me. TNG was one of those things that would be on uh, Fox when I would come home from school, um, and like it would come on like after like Thundercats or something like that. So like. So I would watch it if it was on, but I, I'm not like not a fan, but I don't know enough about the universe to be an actual fan. So it's one of those things where if it's on, I'm, I'll totally watch it. Uh, even I, the, the thing with the TNG thing is you don't need to like know everything. They kind of just, the episodes are so sporadic in that, like, you know, um, that it, it, you're, they don't even have to, the, the way I could tell it, if it was an earlier or later episode is by Riker's facial hair. Yeah. So that, that's the only way I knew basically if it was an earlier or later episode but um that's the way they that was the nature of television at the time though kev because yes. they didn't have a network it was just on in syndication and right. you never know when it would be on you never know when you would see it the idea of uh, of you know it could be on at six o'clock on saturday and then if you missed next saturday you would never see that show ever again it was just gone like it just, <laughs> it, would just it would just be you'd see It'd it 25 another one. years later yeah it'd you be would, another one but it wouldn't be in, in sequential order like you're saying yeah, yeah so that's the reason why they did the alien of the day thing deep space nine took a risk by doing like episodic serialized episodic yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so, so funny that you guys mentioned that because as an 80s baby it was like i didn't know any of the shows that i were watching had been off the air for five six plus <laughs> yeah. years I was like, what do you mean good times is in the 70s? I thought that was <laughs> happening right now. Like, what do you mean Penny is Janet Jackson? Wait, they're the same people? Had no clue. Do you I prefer good serialized or episodic? I love good times. So um, I, I once, uh, I used to do sound at uh, the New American Theater, which is over in Hampton. And um, we they did a play for John Amos. And I, I had to tell him because he's getting up there when we did the play. So I, I, I'm sure he, he's probably... I hope he's probably still with us, but I had to tell him. He is. Like, That's good. Shockingly, he was just in the sequel to Coming to America. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I he heard that was. I heard that was bad. I did. I heard the bad. <laughs> I, I am glad he received a check, but it was. I was bad. like, I used to love you as the dad on Good Times. Uh, like I would watch that all the time. I would watch the Good Times, Jeffersons, and like then, then like Bob was saying, it's the nature of TV. Like you could watch. They would have two Good Times episodes, and then they would um, have um, What's Happening, and then The Jeffersons. I love The Jeffersons. Block. And I loved all of those. So I'd watch all of that, like Rerun and, and all that stuff. So I was into it. Um, and that's how TV was when we were kids. So like we, we, we're we trying to bring some of that back, 
with things like Gus Pirates, where that fun of Saturday morning cartoons that we got to experience, like, um, you know, like Thundar or Thundercats or um, things like that, and put it into a comics form where, you know, we were distilling our love of things like that and trying to make comics. Not that comics isn't fun if we're not making them, like, like specifically our comics are more fun than others. That's not what I mean, but I mean- But they are. Like, <laughs> but more like they were trying be. to have more fun in comics because there's a lot of stuff that's aimed towards a, a bigger, broader, more adult audience than our juvenile butts uh, are able to, to produce. But like we we still have a lot of fun when making these things, and I, I hope it shows through like um, what we're trying to do that we're having a lot of fun. Well, that's what we were going for. We were going for like big action sequences because when you deal with something, uh, the nature of kind of like a pulp vibe, like you have big action and big danger and, 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 and large stakes and revolutionary kind of tactics and things of that nature. So we just kind of leaned into that and just and just went with it. Like it's a really great idea. Tony Gregori, who's the artist, did such a fantastic job with the book. And then uh, Josh Jensen came in and colored it and his colors just pop, man. The book just, it just looks vibrant and alive. And Chaz Pangburn, who's our editor for Metal Shark Bro, is also editing and lettering this. And he does a great job, like just making, making it all kind of come together because if your lettering stinks, your book is bad. So we just, we just kind of marry all these things together, all these people, and we just kind of produce this book that it looks like it's jumping out on this, out of the page because that's what we were going for. So I'm excited that it came across that way. So it's, it's really fun and it's really nice. And it's, and it's a great book. We're really excited about it. Indeed, and, and mission accomplished. Now, is this your first time working with Tony? I know you mentioned that you interviewed him. He's not the same artist from Metal Shark Bro, correct? No, 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 no. The, the, the How artist... do you guys stumble across these fantastic artists that it seems like <laughs> your words and their artwork it's like you guys have one brain and that didn't come out right because now it looks like I'm saying three people had one brain. It's true. But, <laughs> but the artwork, like he gets your, your writings very well. It jumps off the page uh, very well. It's a great marriage. So I, I, I love, I love the artwork. So mention the Kickstarter. Please tell everybody where to find your Kickstarter, obviously on Kickstarter, uh, but Tell them about the Kickstarter because we want, I personally want to see this volume come out as soon as possible and hopefully get some more in the future because I, I love what I'm reading so far. So tell everybody about the Kickstarter program. Well, right now we are, um, we're in review at Kickstarter, which is natural. Okay. Like you have to send yeah. your project to review. Kickstarter makes sure that all your your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. And after that, we'll have the link. But yeah, it should be up. Uh, we'll find out about the review on the 7th. I think everything will be okay. Then after that, it'll just be, just go to kickstarter.com and search the Dust Pirates and it'll be there. Um, Kickstarter is a really great site. I'm not familiar. I don't know if like your audience is familiar with Kickstarter all that much, but it's, it's basically an idea where if you're a musician or you're an artist or you're a writer, you're a filmmaker. I mean, shit, dude, you can be like a baker or you can make a, a board game and you can go to Kickstarter and you can kind of present your idea to the world and you have a funding goal in mind and you offer rewards to reach that funding goal um the cool part about kickstarter is the money that you pledge isn't taken out until the campaign ends and it only comes out if you are successful so if kevin and i have this this project in mind with dust pirates we have a goal of around two thousand six hundred dollars excuse me twelve thousand six hundred dollars if we make twelve thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars you as a backer will not lose any money 
it just goes, it's all or nothing. So the only way you get charged for that is at the end of the campaign if we're successful. So that's also very cool. Um, so yeah, so we have this goal in mind. We send it out there, we see what happens and we kind of go from there. Uh, it's, we, have the, we have our goal and we're just gonna rock it out and see where we are. Definitely, you have the Denmate support. I'm gonna put the links out when it becomes live and make sure that everyone is going out and supporting Kevin and Bob because these guys, we, we need creators like this that aren't afraid to buck the usual trends because we need more creativity, especially in comic books. Comic books raise me. I learned how to read from comic books. Uh, I, I, Same here. Yeah, I, yeah if, if it, it wasn't the A is for Apple, it was, oh, you know, I want to see why Dream Gray is doing this. And that's how, how I learned to read. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. And their comic books are top notch. The art is great. The writing is fantastic. Uh, if you haven't checked out Metal Shark Bro, please check it out. Metal Shark Bro 2, please check it out. Ninja Nuns, please check it out. Word Bros Podcast, please check it out. Am I missing anything? Is there anything else that you guys have going on that you want to just get out there? Because I want I want the mates to really get the full, full experience of, of the, the Cubby Cuff. I'm trying to get a cool nickname for you. The Bob Cuff, Cuff Bob. Universe. I think we'll we're just the word out. bros, man. Like we're yes. just the word bro universe. Like that's what we roll. <laughs> it's already marketed. That's a better idea. Yeah. So just support the word bros universe because these guys are great. Thanks, man. Thanks for indeed. Well, I'm going to give you guys the floor, the closing words, Kevin. If you want to go first. Sure. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we appreciate you having us on Mars. So like that was really great of you. So we're really excited about being on the podcast again. And um, just please go back out and then support the Kickstarter and support your local comics creators. Yes, absolutely. Bob, the floor is yours. Same thing, man. Like, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, Mars, I didn't know you go by Mars. I thought I could use your Christian name. You, Mars you can. <laughs> you can. It's not like it's Mars X or anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but no, we have a... Go ahead, this Mars. This is a I'm funny sorry. story with the nickname. <laughs> It's literally the first four letters of my last name, and I added a Z <laughs> because I had no creativity whatsoever when it comes to nicknames. So uh, <laughs> that's how you get Mars. So absolutely, it I, works. I don't want people to think I'm Bruno Mars. So I'll put a Z like all hip hop acts did in the '90s. Yeah, totally different person. Yeah, totally different vibe. <laughs> but yeah, no, Boys. we just. We're just, we're just trying to make these books and we're just trying to have a good time. And that's the cool part about media at this point. You don't have to work for a giant radio conglomerate to have your voice and your opinions be heard. Uh, you can start your own podcast. You can start your own YouTube channel. You don't have to send your book to Simon & Schuster or Penguin to get your book seen. You can just write it and have someone edit it and put it up on Amazon and let people, let the marketplace decide. So we're doing, we're kind of doing that with comics. Like we have these books. We're not being, we're not waiting for people to give us permission to do them. We're just going to do them. We believe in ourselves. Uh, we believe in, in Tony, the artist. We believe in our editor. We believe in the process. We're, we're confident in what we're doing. So we're just going to let the market decide. We're just going to throw it out there on, on this crowdfunding site on Kickstarter. And if you want to get behind it, if you see what we're doing and you're into it, then cool. If it's not for you, then hey, man, back it anyway, because you're supporting the arts, bro. And that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to support each other. We're all here to kind of push push it along. If you, if you read 
comics and you're not happy with the way comics are going, you don't have to read what they give you. There's plenty of stuff out there that you can find that you like. If you're, if you, they have a story for everything at this point. And, and, and I think some of that is based on Kickstarter because you can go out there and do what you want to do. So it's, it, it gives, it gives the creator, it gives the creative a lot of power and a lot of, and a lot of uh, confidence to just go out there and make their own way. And that's what Kevin and I have done. And that's what we're going to continue doing. And, and we're just going to, we're just going to go along for the ride. And that's, that's the cool part about it. And, and to add what Bob said, uh, we also believe in, in the people we're making the books for because the the biggest thing that you, the biggest bad thing you can do is just go along with whatever they're trying to give you for content. Um, we believe that the content we're putting out there is is good. So, and we believe that people will know it's good when they get it because we try real hard to make sure that our stuff is a cut above, that you're not just getting the typical pulp book or the typical comedy book with Metal Shark Bro or the typical anything. We try and make sure that you are going to be entertained um, for your dollars. So um, that's that's the, our main goal and that's what we've set out to do. So we believe in the people uh, to be able to see like what good entertainment looks like. So we believe that they'll see that in what we're trying to do. That's a word. I got I got inspired when you said the people. I I felt felt a Fred Hampton <laughs> moment coming on. I, 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 I live for the people because I die for the people. It was a it was amazing. So I, I am happy to say the mission accomplished. Uh, the the writing, the artwork, the Word Bros. Eighteen uh, mission accomplished. You guys are doing it. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again. I think you're the first, second, uh, two-time guest. Wow, thanks. Uh, that we've had. So you guys are, are in the record books and I thank you so, so much for joining us. And hey, guys, before we go though, in return, you need to come on the Word Bros. Yeah, you I need to come here, on. man. I've been waiting for the invite. I, I know I'm not cool with the beard anymore, but yeah. <laughs> stop <laughs> it. That's what I figured. I said, oh, they shaved the beard. They didn't want, want him up there, but you know, I am there. Uh, with bells on, literally, I'll, I'll wear bells if you want. So <laughs> I think we, I'm pretty sure we have an opening at the end of the month. You want to come on? Um, we normally record on Tuesday nights for Kevin's work schedule. What about like the 28th or something like? I, yeah, I might be in Virginia Beach for that, but I mean, um, let's maybe we could do like the 27th or the 20, the 22nd or the 29th. Let's talk and we can figure something out. Yes, sir. Done deal. It's nothing but a thing. Just let me know and I'll be there once again with bells on. Nothing. But I like bells. it. All right. Absolutely. Well, as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Down in the Den. Bob, thank you so much. Kevin, thank you so much. For the Word Bros crew, thank you so much. For the Down in the Den crew, thank you so much for listening. As always, deuces. And we are clear. Nice. Nice. Not.